0: This podcast is a project of the Mass Cultural Council. We believe in the power of culture, the arts, humanities, and sciences to enrich communities, advance equity, and foster creativity. People do love history. I do have to tell you that they did a survey and they said, what is the number one word when you hear history? And the number one word that people associated with it was boring. But when you asked about the past, people are interested in the past.
1: Hi, I'm Anita Walker at Mass Cultural Council, and welcome to Creative Minds Out Loud. Our guest today is Catherine Al Gore. She is the president of Mass Historical Society, relatively new to the position. Welcome to our program.
0: I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. Now,
1: I have to start with you, because you had a very interesting, if not unusual, path to this position. You didn't, you didn't originally
0: say, I am going to be an historian. Oh, no, not at all. Um, Actually, originally, as a child, I wanted to um, either be Catwoman or a nun. Um, And that bothered me because, really, it's evil versus good. But I realized what I was attracted to were costumes. So, I actually, I started out my career as an actor.
1: An actor in New York.
0: In New York and New Jersey, I did I did mostly theater. Um, but you know what it was, I look back at it now, is I, I came from a very a sort of modest background, blue collar, and college was probably not going to be an option for me. So what do you do when you're chatty and smart and a girl? And the answer is you, you go into the arts. And so that was my entryway, really, into the world of ideas that a lot of young people would encounter in college.
1: So then what happened, because now you're in history.
0: (laughs) I know, I'm, well, you know, I found myself as an actor, uh, well, I think I'm very funny, but I didn't do comedy. I did a lot of heroic and historic roles, and the one that changed my life was Emily Dickinson in The Bell of Amherst. And in a very unusual move, the company that I worked for, a uh, Stage One Productions, gave me $1,000, which in the 80s was a lot of money, and sent me to Amherst, Amherst Massachusetts, to to live and to study Emily. And that was really um, my first sort of, I didn't know it at the time, act as a historian. So when I was about 30, I, I really wanted an education. I, I didn't even know what to study, but I, I just felt this kind of intellectual hunger. Uh, but I didn't know about colleges, um, except Emily Dickinson had gone to Mount Holyoke, So I went to Mount Holyoke College and I just said, can I come to school there? And they said yes which is lesson one is sometimes you just have to ask. As it turned out, Mount Holyoke, like a lot of women's colleges, acknowledges that women don't often go to college on time, um, and so they have programs for non-traditional students. So I was very lucky. I, in 1991, I showed up at South Hadley, and um, they were so generous, and I, I graduated summa cum laude in history and went right from there to Yale and got my master's and Ph.D. And then I began a very standard academic career.
1: So let's fast forward because mm-hmm. now you're
0: in Boston, yes. and now
1: you are the president of Mass Historical Society. And something tells me you don't spend all of your time in the library. That you have ambitions around an historical organization that is maybe a combination of ap- academic and public.
0: Absolutely, I would say I spend very little time in the library. <laughs> as a matter of fact, so look, we live in a beautiful building on Boylston Street. We're right at the edge of the Fenway. And we've been in that building since 1899. Now, we've actually been in, in business since 1791. We are the oldest historical society, I think, in our hemisphere, but certainly in the United States. But Boylston Street, 1899, and for a hundred years, Mass Historical Society was there. And you could come. We've always been free and open to the public. But you had to find us, and, and then you also had to figure out why you'd want to come. So. Not a lot of people came. And then about 12 or 13 years ago, my wonderful predecessor, Dennis Fiore, decided his strategy was let's do all kinds of interesting, wonderful, delicious things here so you'll come. And that's when we started doing public programs. So we do two or three programs a, a week, uh, author talks, exhibits, panel discussions about all kinds of historical. Uh, themes and topics, and there's always refreshments, it's wonderful, and then Dennis also really launched our exhibition program, so anytime you come, there'll be something to see, so we now have developed a really nice audience of people who come to us, but, you know, I'm the president now, what what am I doing, and the answer is getting out, and my staff has given me the all-clear sign, we want to get out, whatever that means whether it's installing a Wee library right on our little front lawn, which we're doing, um, digitizing our stuff to get it out to the world, working with community partners who serve underserved uh, children, working with teachers and students in all kinds of interesting ways. However you interpret it, we are getting out.
1: So let me ask you this. Do you think history has has a bum rap? Do you think people sort of knee-jerk, oh, history. History is so boring. I took history in high school. I slept (laughs) through the whole class. You seem so excited about it. Oh,
0: my gosh. Well, I think you're excited about it, too, because it's true. When I go to cocktail parties, when I was a professor, and people said, what did you do? And I'd say, I was a history professor. And they would totally get that shame-faced look, and they would sort of sheepishly admit that they – didn't like history in high school and college. But then inevitably they said, but I love it now. And they would talk about biographies, and they would talk about, you know, what they were watching on television. So people do love history. I do have to tell you that they did a survey, and they said, what is the number one word when you hear history? And the number one word that people associated with it was boring. But when you asked about the past, people are interested in the past, right? And they don't know it's the same thing.
1: What about today in school? Do you think history is still boring to kids today in school?
0: No, there's been a real uh, shift. So what historians really do in the morning after we punch in and grab a cup of coffee is we engage with pieces of the past, primary sources we call them. They can be on paper, but they can also be a lava lamp, a painting, something. We engage with them, and we create arguments and insights about the past based on evidence. That's, that's the job. And for a long time, we didn't ask children to do that. You may remember, if you were bored by history, we were asked to memorize names and dates. Well now, because of things like the Common Core and the kind of educational leadership that the state of Massachusetts has provided to the rest of the country, um, we now ask students to look at the primary sources and ask questions of them and create arguments or theses using evidence. They develop critical thinking skills the ability to tell, let us say, uh, truth from fiction, (laughs) or to look at evidence and to be able to evaluate it, to think logically. So when children study history, we now know, they learn about the past. They learn about how our government got set up, or they learn about something happening in the past that's relevant to them, but they also develop these skills. And because of that, it's never boring, because it's always about human beings.
1: And it's stories. People love stories. stories,
0: yes. It's stories about human beings. That nothing born about that.
1: So now, when you're at the cocktail party, and people say, "What do you do?" Do, do you say? Well, I just tell stories about human <laughs>
0: beings. <laughs> no, they. I. I say now. I say I'm the president of the Massachusetts Historical Society, and everybody lights up and says, "Oh, congratulations!" <laughs> and I say I'm going to take that congratulations because it's a great job and I love it. I'm so happy to have it.
1: Well, we are so happy that you are here with your enthusiasm, Catherine Algo, our president of Mass Historical Society. Another one of our creative minds out loud.
0: To learn more about this episode and to subscribe, visit creativemindsoutloud.org.